Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining. Glad you're listening. Happy you're here. Well, I got three words for you. Inflation Reduction Act. Thank God our Congress has passed such a marvelous law to lower the inflation that we've been suffering under for the last year. Um, it, it's, it's an amazing power that the Congress has when it can just pass a law and eliminate something. And of course, that is tongue-in-cheek, that's impossible, and yet that's what people think, that's what our leaders think, and that's just the state of affairs in the United States of America these days. But we're going we're gonna to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act because uh, inflation obviously is uh, a very serious problem. It's, it's stealing um, in, a, in a way that's not um, honest. I mean, when you, when you steal, I mean, taxation is bad enough, okay? But at least it's honest. You know, they tell you, hey, you made this much income, we're stealing this much from you. But inflation is, is not honest at all. It's, it's stealing your purchasing power by printing money or, or adding, I guess a more accurate way to describe it would be to say adding to the monetary base, thereby diluting existing dollars already in the economy or circulating in the world economy. So if I, if I have, uh, if I have a, a $1,000, let's say, circulating in the world economy, and I add $100 to that, now the world economy has $1,100 circulating. So the people that owned the first thousand, their their purchasing value has been undermined by that additional $100 in existence. And this is what happens with inflation. Now that the overall goods and services in the economy didn't change, so what has to happen is uh, those goods and services that are trading trade at higher prices, and that's that's the way inflation works. But make no mistake, inflation is a monetary phenomenon, meaning that it's created at the central bank, and in the case of the United States, the Federal Reserve. Now we've talked about all this before. Um, the way money comes into existence. Um, the, the government uh, borrows money on the United States, money it doesn't have, and then spends that money into, the, into existence in the economy. This money comes from the sale of treasury bonds on the open market. Now, when, when it's really bad is during these quantitative easing episodes where the Fed itself comes into the market uh, and is not just a broker of the treasury bonds, it becomes a buyer of those treasury bonds. And that's what we call quantitative easing. Now, these are, these are all monetary, uh, this is all monetary mischief. But today we're going to talk about the, the result, right? So Congress is running scared. Uh, they felt like they needed to do something around this uh, 
this massive amount of inflation that we ha- haven't had in 40 years. And so they've, they've gotten together and they've passed the Inflation Reduction Act. So we're going to talk a little bit today about what's in the Inflation Reduction Act. And to do that, we're going to use Tucker Carlson's program where he outlines this Inflation Reduction Act and talks about some of the stuff that's in it. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. You hear people say the federal government seems big, maybe bigger than ever. Well, it actually is the largest employer in the world, the federal government. Nothing else comes close, not Google, not Amazon, not the Communist Party of China, nothing. How many people work for the United States government? Let's put it this way. There are more than 100 countries around the world whose total populations, that is every man, woman, and child, are smaller than our federal workforce. Entire countries, many of them. The US government, in other words, is astoundingly large, world historically big, scale without precedent, truly gargantuan. So what do all those people who work there do every day? You may be wondering that. Well, it's a good question. Actually, nobody's really sure, including many of the employees themselves. Fundamentally, the federal government is a mystery. Like the universe, it goes on forever. It makes you feel small thinking about it, which is probably the point. The good news is every once in a while, our government does something you can actually understand. That happened recently when Joe Biden signed a $750 billion piece of legislation called the Inflation Reduction Act. What does the Inflation Reduction Act do? Come on, what are you, slow? The answer is right there in the name. The Inflation Reduction Act is an act that reduces inflation. It's an inflation-reducing act. I love when some of this gets funny because it's in some ways it's the only way to keep your sanity with all this insanity going on. Yeah, so the the it's it's a inflation reducing act. So really all you need to do to uh, reduce inflation is step 1, stop creating money, stop expanding the monetary base. Step 2, stop interfering with interest rates. Let the free market decide what interest rates should be and how borrowing should commence. You know, the, the Fed should not be creating massive amounts of credit in, in, in you know, creating a bunch of um, debt slaves in America. That's not what we should be doing. Uh, that's not what the Fed should be doing. It's not what the federal government should be doing. So, yeah, you know, the, in, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act will do nothing to reduce inflation. In fact, it'll probably cause inflation to go up even more, as if you didn't know that, right? No Child Left Behind uh, didn't stop leaving children behind in schools. Uh, the, health, uh, the Affordable Health Care Act didn't make health care affordable. I mean, you can almost just say that anytime Congress comes up w- with a name for a particular act, it's going to do just the opposite. And that's welcome news because inflation is indeed a problem. In fact, voters say it's the problem they worry about most. So Congress has decided to reduce it. That's how things work in Washington. You identify a crisis and then you pass a law making it illegal. Crisis solved, it's simple. Getting too hot for you this summer, no problem. Just have Congress write a law banning high temperatures. That's effectively our climate change policy and as we know, it works. The science on that has been settled, don't deny it. Now Congress has decided to bring that very same approach to inflation, just command it to go down. You can imagine how terrified inflation will be when it discovers it's being reduced by our all-powerful Congress. Wait, it'll say in horror. You passed an Inflation Reduction Act? Okay, fine. I surrender. 
Gas is now $1.50 a gallon. Hamburgers, two bucks a pound. Sorry for the high prices. That's the promise of this act anyway. But in real life, a lot of people are still wondering, how is this going to work? In real life, things that the government does don't work. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, our society works in spite of the government, in spite of the damage that it causes on a daily basis to our economy and the harm that it does to your standard of living on a daily basis. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there is no, again, to reduce inflation, you need to stop increasing the monetary base, you need to stop messing with interest rates. That's how you do it. It's as simple as that. It doesn't even re require an act of Congress. It doesn't actually require anything. It just requires you to do nothing, which, you know, our government can never do. And therein lies the problem. Hillary Vaughn from Fox was wondering that. So yesterday she caught up with Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Manchin is the man, the single man whose vote made this bill possible. Is the Inflation Reduction Act really going to reduce inflation, she asked? Here's how Joe Manchin responded. When it comes to inflation, is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper, it's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them? Why would it? Why would it? Well, immediately it's not, but we never said anything happened immediately like today. It's turned the switch on and off. So as Hillary Vaughn pointed out correctly, the law won't immediately make anything cheaper to buy. In other words, it will not reduce inflation. But Joe Manchin didn't deny this. He didn't seem bothered by it. In fact, his response was, why would it? Well, let's see, because you told us it would, you dishonest little creep. Just for a second, contrast this with how things happen in the free market. You go to, I don't know, uh, the store to buy something, a lawnmower, let's say, and you ask them, will this cut my grass and it'll put the grass in the bag? And, and the person at the hardware store says, yes, of course, it'll, it'll do exactly that. And you take it home and it doesn't cut your grass and it doesn't put your grass in the bag. You know, so what, at least you have a recourse, right? You go back to the store and you say, hey, man, everything you told me about this lawnmower is just not true. It doesn't cut the grass. It doesn't put the grass in the bag. Give me my money back. And you almost kind of want to say, and, and give me an extra 20% for my trouble. But, you know, we don't do that. But with government, there is absolutely no recourse. These people do things for political reasons. A lot of times we don't even know the circumstances under which they're agreeing to vote for things. And, and then when it doesn't work, which it almost never does, the recourse is nothing. You have no recourse. And not only that, but they, then they start saying what they didn't say. They start saying things like, well, we didn't say this and we didn't say that. And we didn't say it would do this or that. You know, you just, it's, it's, it turns into the blame game and the finger pointing kicks in. So there is no, there is no such thing. I'm, I'm just going to, I know this is kind of a bold thing to say, but there is no such thing as good government, okay? The best you can hope for is that government stays out of things enough that people will be able to survive and thrive uh, without their interference. That's, a, that's good government. That's what good government looks like. It looks like an absent you know, father figure, you know, some father figure who works at night, comes home and goes to bed and the kids never have to see him. The wife never has to talk to him. 
That's what good government looks like. And then you printed another $750 billion of fake money, which is exactly the habit that caused historic inflation in the first place, all this fake money printing. So what's the upside of this bill exactly? Joe Manchin didn't say. Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland couldn't explain it either. Watch this. I note that those who've been blaming President Biden for the inflation going up are now giving President Biden all the credit for inflation going down. So we're moving things in the right direction already. Okay, and what parts of the bill do you think will we'll quickly work on that specifically? The, the, uh, next question. <laughs> I'm Jamie Raskin. I'll say anything. What parts of the Inflation Reduction Act will actually reduce inflation? Next question, says Raskin. He actually said that out loud, as you just saw. In other words, you've caught me lying, and I don't even care. Go away, peasant. Yeah, when you learn to hear these politicians, the way that Tucker is is shedding light on their conversation, when you when you learn to hear that with your own ears, it it, it, it actually begins to infuriate you that these people have so much power over our lives, that they have so much control over what happens and what doesn't happen in our country. You know, I've often said that to the extent that you interact with government, you're really acting with your your city government more frequently than any other form of government. And then from there, your county, and then from there, your state, and then lastly, your federal government. But what's interesting about the way the funding of the government works and everything the, the government that you interact with the least, in this case the federal government, you have to pay the most money to, which is kind of interesting. You know, you would think that most of my money would be confiscated by my local government, my city government, but that's not in fact what happens. Uh, most of your money is confiscated by the federal government, the government that's farthest away from you. And it's just interesting how it works that way because that's also the government that you have the least control over, the least say about how they use that money, and the least uh, power as a citizen to unseat somebody who's mistreating you at that level of government. So we've, we've got a, a really serious problem. Maybe sometime we'll talk about the IRS and, and the tax system and uh, in, in the way the tax system was originally created uh, when the when the general government was formed by the states and how you know basically before the ink was even dry on the constitution you know nationalist type figures politicians set about changing uh, just putting the, the whole thing on its head standing the whole thing on its head making the federal government the general government more powerful and basically neutering the states so as it turns out we hate to break this to you the Inflation Reduction Act may be a classic example of misinformation. Imagine buying a bottle labeled shampoo and finding out the hard way it was actually drain cleaner. It's like that. So if there's one thing we can learn from the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, it's that in Washington, words no longer have any meaning at all. The empire has officially entered its postmodern phase, where there's no connection whatsoever between the sounds that emerge from the mouths of our leaders and observable physical reality. Congress might as well have called this the Eternal Happiness Act. And why not? That'll probably be the name of the next bill Joe Biden signs. And we hope so, because we are long overdue for Washington to ban sadness. They ought to get on that. Yeah, you know, I think you know that you're getting close to the end of an empire when words themselves don't even mean anything. I mean, 
you know, we, we, you know, racism, for example, has been used so often in, in, in so many scenarios that it's, it's almost lost its meaning. Everything is racist. Everything is white supremacist. And, you know, why even go to the pretext? Why even have the pretext of sending everybody to school and graduating from high school, teaching them English and teaching them how to read and write when words aren't going to mean anything anyway? You know, we can just call a man a woman, a woman a man. We can call her she, he, him, her, it's, these, or all these. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't learn those pronouns in school, but it's just, it, it's getting to the point where, you know, we can't even communicate with one another because we don't see the same reality. Uh, you have people that think, yes, I can pass a law and change reality. And other people like me think, no, 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 that's impossible. Um, if you could just pass a law, why not just pass a law? I mean, Tucker says pass a law for eternal happiness. Why not pass a law that just says no more misery? It's illegal for anybody in America to be financially miserable. You know, Roosevelt tried to do this. He, he, he wanted to, uh, to have freedom from want. Well, that's just not possible in a world where everybody wants everything. You know, there has to be some way to limit what some people can have. And we use these econometric type rules to do that. And we use money as an exchange to bargain for the things that we need most urgently. But it's like it's like trying to you know it'd be like if we if we found out that um, gravity the force of gravity um, at 9.8 meters per second squared is a little bit too much and so Congress decides to pass a law to make it eight meters per second squared I mean does anybody think that's even a reality is that that's even possible well, that's kind of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who think they, they have the power to control the weather, the climate, uh, whether or not uh, the temperature goes above 100 degrees. I mean, th this is just pure insanity, really. Well, let's see. You'll be happy to know that this bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, includes $3 billion for the U.S. Postal Service to buy new electric mail trucks. So there's that. Then there's another $3 billion allocated to block grants for something called environmental justice. That'll be overseen by the EPA, which used to look after the environment, but now it's in the justice business. Environmental justice gets about $60 billion in this new legislation, which is great if you're in the environmental justice business, but it leaves the rest of us wondering, what is environmental justice actually? In all, the EPA alone gets more than $40 billion in this bill, including more than $30 billion for so-called disadvantaged communities. What are those? Well, they're not really defined. People who vote for Joe Biden. So what it really means is the EPA is going to spread more identity politics and race hate. Are you sick of that yet? When you listen to these solutions, just think to yourself, you know, think about where you work. Does any of this apply to what your company does? I mean, how, who gets to decide? I mean, $60 billion is a lot of money, okay? Who, I mean, these guys are deciding where massive amounts of resources are being spent in the economy. 
And it's all this social justice shit and equity agenda and all this kind of stuff. And it doesn't do anything to make your life better. And it, it'll essentially, um, it, it, it's essentially just going to add more uh, busybodies to an already very aggravated economy by the, the regulatory authority that we currently have. And it's just going to make everything more expensive. Um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to raise costs, which will make inflation seem higher. But it, it's, not, it's not productive. It doesn't make our lives better. And, and not only that, but these are, these are things being decided by politicians, by people who crave and lust for power. And it really uh, will do nothing but harm us and, uh, and, and get in the way of us living our lives. The Biden White House is not sick of it. They're all in. For context, to show you just how all in they are on that, the total annual budget of the EPA currently stands at about $10 billion. So this is a lot of money flowing to equity and the disadvantaged. And of course, everything hangs on definition. So who gets to define what disadvantage is, a disadvantaged community? Well, that would be the EPA's administrator, a guy called Michael Regan. This is a guy who's in his late 40s who has never had an actual job in his life, He's never worked for real business of any kind. But he does have priorities, and to give you some sense of what they are, we'll tell you what he told The Daily Show this year, and we're quoting. Everything I do at EPA is through the lens of environmental justice. Contracting, procurement, air quality, water quality, land management starts with, are we protecting the least among us, those who have lacked political representation and those who have not been at the table for decades, end quote. So we're talking about at least a fourfold increase in the size of the EPA. Now, you know, I mean, we have a lot of industry still in this country. I mean, is, is it the plan to just completely collapse it? I mean, didn't if, if, you know, one of the things we learned during COVID is that we can't really rely on the supply chain that, that we have, right? That where all this stuff comes from China and all these different countries, we, some of this we're going to have to start producing on our own, right? Well, how is that going to be possible? You know, to produce things, you need a modern economy that uses energy, that that uh, you know that produces a lot of stuff. We have a lot of people here, and we have a lot of people that don't. A lot of them, which don't make make a lot of money, so we have to be very productive. We can't use uh, the horse and plow, not to put a, too fine a point on it. I mean, a modern economy with the division of labor that we have and the specialization that we have in our country, you cannot just clamp down on industry and what do you think is going to happen when the epa budget goes from 10 billion dollars to 60 billion or whatever he said i mean they're trying to destroy the the modern economy and that's going to cause inflation to go way up energy might be the single most important factor in improving our standard of living it, it, it allows us to be much more productive uh, you know workers in auto factories for example can use robots well, if you don't if you don't have a lot of energy, you're not going to be using robots. You're going to be pounding out those panels with a mallet. And uh, guess how much cars are going to be then? You haven't seen inflation until you see, uh, you know, a situation where you take these uh, these modern 
this modern machinery and take it out of the hands of our manufacturing force because there's no energy to power it. You haven't seen inflation until you see that. That would include virtually every bureaucrat in Washington. They do very well in this bill, of course, as long as they promise to spend it on equity. However, they want to define that. There's $25 million for the Government Accountability Office to determine, quote, whether the economic, social, and environmental impacts of the funds described in this paragraph are equitable. The bill also calls for $10 million to be spent on equity commissions within the Department of Agriculture to combat racism, in other words, to commit racism. Really, not since the German government 80 years ago has any government ever paid closer attention to people's genetics. This legislation is maybe the dumbest legislation I've ever heard about. And it's no small amount of money. I mean, we're talking $700 billion. So, I mean, it's going to make us poor, for sure. I mean, you can't take $700 billion and spend it on more dumb shit than this country is planning on spending in this on. I mean, all this equity stuff. I mean, how does this make your life better? I mean, if, if, if blacks and Indians and Asians and all these people that are somehow disadvantaged, if they have all these equity programs to, to make things better for them, and we spend a bunch of money doing it, all it's going to do is make us equally poor. We, we cannot just throw out our modern society because some people feel like they haven't had, you know, all the breaks or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And mark my words, these people are going to be no better off. Whoever they think they're helping here will be no better off when all this money is spent. And then that'll probably be when we hear about how, you know, their plans were good. They just didn't have enough. They just didn't have enough money to spend on equity. If they just could have made it one and a half trillion dollars, then they would have accomplished their goals. That's, that's what we're going to hear about. That's true. And yet no one notices it for some reason. Well, we do. There's more than $2 billion for the General Services Administration, something called the Federal Permitting Improvement Steering Council. That gets $350 million. The Bureau of Indian Affairs gets $220 million. The Office of Native Hawaiian Relations gets $23 million. And it's not just bureaucrats who are getting paid. There are billions of dollars in new tax credits. Who do those go to? Joe Biden's donors. <laughs> of course, not to you. Are you in private equity? No. No, you're not. So you don't get anything. Biden described these credits yesterday. The Inflation Reduction Act invests $369 billion to take the most aggressive action ever, 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 ever in confronting the climate crisis and strengthening our, our economic, our energy security. It's going to offer working families thousands of dollars in savings by providing them rebates to buy new and efficient appliances, weatherize their homes, get tax credit for purchasing heat pumps and rooftop solar, electric stoves, ovens, Add dryers. For a second. The bill has thousands of dollars for appliances like heaters and stoves and ovens. And I mean, what is he talking about? You know, okay, so you get rebates to buy something or to caulk your house. I mean, what, what, these things, without these rebates, people won't do them. And the reason they won't do them is because there's no savings in it. There is no savings, especially when you wash all the money through Washington, D.C., you know, maybe what, out of every dollar that gets borrowed and spent out of Washington, D.C., maybe 15 cents of it reaches the economy somehow. I mean, there is no multiplier effect like they used to tell you. This is a bunch of bullshit. 
this is going to make us poor. It's going to drive up inflation. They're going to hector us to death with agents running around telling us that we aren't doing things equitably. And it's just going to be a disaster. I mean, we are going to economic hell after this. I mean, it's just not going to work out well. I mean, maybe they'll get voted out of office and that'll be the saving grace. So according to Rewiring in America, a married couple with one child in San Francisco earning the median household income there of $120,000 would be eligible for nearly $12,000 in tax credits. But according to that same group, that same family of three making the median income in Youngstown, Ohio, for example, would be eligible for just $81 in tax credits. Ooh, that's weird. So the middle class gets shafted while people making grand in San Francisco make out. This happens all the time, by the way, in the political economy, the so-called political economy. Somebody else gets to decide how much you get. So you don't get to decide how much you give the federal government. They get to decide, and then they take it from you. They wash it through all the politicians' hands, and then they get to decide how much you get back. And that's only if you buy the oven they approve of, or you caulk their, your house in a certain way by a certain government-approved contractor. I mean, this is the most reckless, stupid piece of legislation that I've ever seen in my lifetime, maybe. I mean, the Affordable Health Care Act was bad, but this is equally bad and, and will maybe be worse in terms of inflation, especially since inflation has already uh, got ahead of steam and, and working on us. As the Washington Examiner has reported, electric vehicle manufacturers are now raising the price of their cars now that the so-called Inflation Reduction Act includes a $7,500 tax credit for electric vehicles. Quote, ahead of the Inflation Reduction Act extending the tax credit of up to $7,500 for purchases of new electric and hybrid vehicles, Ford and GM announced price increases at similar rates. You following this? So the government pays you back your own money to buy a product, and then the manufacturer of the product raises the cost of that same product by the same amount. Yeah, this kind of stuff really burns me up. You know, uh, they, they give you a tax credit for buying a car, you know, so they give you this incentive to buy a car that they want you to buy, an electric vehicle, right? And, of course, Ford and GM and Tesla, too, Tesla will be in there, too. They they see this. They, they see, oh, wow, the government's giving... Um, buyers of our product uh, money to buy our product. So let's raise the price by roughly that same amount and uh, we'll make more money. We'll, we'll get more profit on the bottom line. You got to love crony capitalism. You just got to love it. Look, people, don't buy electric vehicles. They're, the battery, Look, the battery, if the battery goes out after six years of driving it or eight years or whatever, I mean, if you're like me, you drive a car for like 10 years, you know how much the battery costs to replace today? No telling what it's going to cost 10 years from now. $13,000. That's like, I mean, I was talking to a guy about replacing an engine in a car, and I thought it would be like 5000 He said, nah, you can get one for about 2500 If you have to replace the battery, you're talking about something that's four times that. I mean, that is crazy money. And the idea of getting a rebate on money that you sent to the government. So I send money to the government. They give me a rebate of, of, of my own money to buy a car. And then the car manufacturer jacks the price up so they can 
pad their profits because they know there's extra money in it. I mean, the whole thing stinks. It just stinks. Oh, so it's a subsidy for them, not savings for you. Last week, Ford announced price hikes between 6000 8500 for most of its lineup of its F-150 Lightning Electric vehicles. Well, General Motors upped its electric Hummer costs by $6,250 last month. So what is that? They don't want to answer the question because the only potentially deflationary aspect of this bill is the tax increase, which is, of course, probably not a good idea when you're in a recession. But our government is not willing to cut spending and stop printing money, so instead their solution is to take money from you. This is, this is classic, right? So you print all the money you want because you hold the reserve currency, and then when inflation goes up, you just try and pull it out of the system through taxation. That's modern monetary theory. Look it up. According to the Congressional Budget Office, this act will cost the middle class $20 billion a year in new taxes. The Joint Committee on Taxation has concluded that under this bill, 61% of taxpayers making between 40 and 50 grand will see a tax increase. 91% of Americans making between 75 and 100 will see their taxes go up. And 97% of Americans making between 100 and 200 will see their taxes go up. So if you're making 100 grand in Arlington, Virginia, are you rich? Oh no, you're barely scraping by. So it turns out that Biden was lying. Just yesterday he told us that no one making under $400,000 a year will see their taxes go up. Watch. And I'm keeping my campaign commitment. No one, let me emphasize, no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. So that's right. Really what we're talking about is a subsidy for Ford, GM, Tesla, all the EV manufacturers. And big taxes, uh, big tax increases for you, despite what was promised during the campaign. So, look, it's the same old story. Politicians lie. They're all about the power. They're all about uh, maintaining that power and solidifying that power. It's just the Democratic Party and much of the country has gone batshit crazy and in order to solidify that base, you have to do crazy stuff uh, at the at the government level to to win all the voters over. I mean, this is this is uh, identity politics at its finest. In the private equity world, the final revision of this bill keeps the carried interest loophole in our tax code. That means that people who work in finance, many parts of finance, are able to report their income as interest and pay half the taxes that you do. No one can defend this policy. It is indefensible. Even the people who benefit from it will not defend it. They're embarrassed of it. They take advantage of it, of course. But it's a scam, and everybody knows it. And yet it remains in our tax code because they paid off the Democratic senator from Arizona and a bunch of others? The funny thing about this part of the bill, the carried interest um, stuff that the hedge funds get, is Democrats have been railing against this for years. I mean, for years they've been bitching about this. And here they have an opportunity to get rid of it, and they just can't get rid of it. Because some of the senators uh, are paid off by these hedge fund interests. I mean, it's just, you just can't make this shit up. So just in case the message wasn't clear, the bill gives the IRS another $80 billion to hire 87,000 new auditors. 
So what do those new auditors, those armed auditors at the IRS, have to do with a tax code this unfair? Well, the truth is, if you have a tax code this unfair and it keeps getting more unfair every year, you have to hire armed goons to make people obey because they won't otherwise. 87,000 new armed IRS agents. How many is that? Well, for perspective, the IRS currently has about 78,000 total. So this bill will make the IRS larger than the army of the nation of Italy, also the nation of the Philippines, also the UK. What? Thanks, Joe Manchin. So what are all those agents going to be doing? Well, we're not sure, but we do have an IRS training video for you. Watch. In addition to being accountants, we're also law enforcement officers, which is very interesting because a lot of the special agents that work for the IRS, they don't come from a law enforcement background. We get to do the same things like all the other law enforcement officers do. Things happen, we have to be able to respond, so we have to be ready. So we teach our agents to fire uh, a firearm to be able to shoot. We teach them defensive tactics and methods of defending themselves and protecting others as well. So they go through that entire process so that not only can they analyze records, but they also have that law enforcement component. That's a lot of IRS agents, and the fact that they're arming them and I mean, this is just, you know, this, this just proves that taxation is theft. Otherwise, why would you need an armed IRS agent to collect the money, right? You, you only need that because they're stealing the money from you. If, you. if you didn't have a gun pointed at your face and the threat of being thrown in a cage for the rest of your life, you wouldn't pay these taxes. They're exorbitant. It's ridiculous. So now what they've done is they've more than doubled down, right? 78,000 IRS agents adding an additional 87,000. This is bigger, like you said, bigger than the army in the UK. I mean, this is obscene. This is not America. This is the most obscene uh, use of power and misuse of taxpayer money that I've seen in my lifetime. Like I said, the Affordable Health Care Act really you know, was a big one, but this is just ridiculous. The misery index in the United States of America is going to go sky high. There's no avoiding it. This is just a recipe for, this is authoritarianism on full display in the United States of America. And when they finally unleash this on us, it's going to be miserable. It's going to be awful. And, um, and, you know, they generally don't roll things back once they roll it out. So, I don't know. I'm not very optimistic about it. Biden is definitively post-literate at this point. <laughs>